And you're back with Faith FM here on Faith FM. <laughs> right across back, Australia on Faith back, FM. Back with Encounter with God, I should say, on, on Faith, Faith FM. FM. On Faith <laughs> FM. <laughs> yes, indeed. Now, Lawson, we have another clue for our quiz. Yes, but before we, we do, do go to that clue, I did want to mention that, you know, uh, Mon mentioned during the Monrog that she had some stuff up on... Um, on Instagram, uh-huh. on the Insta story, uh-huh. and during the break, you were showing me a little bit of that, and yeah. I've got to tell you, it is not appropriate for breakfast time. <laughs> no, actually, it wasn't that bad, but if it's uh, pretty if gnarly, squeamish, yeah, they're doing an operation um, in the in the back seat of a van. <laughs> <laughs> because there's nowhere else where they can do an operation. This mm. is the most sanitary place in the whole region. Um, no, there's actually a lot more than that on the Insta story. There's some really, really fantastic stuff up there. So I do encourage all of our listeners to head over to Faith FM Instagram. Check out Mon's Insta story, all of the photos, all of the stories that she's putting up there, some really um, amazing stuff. Uh, some of those cute little kids over there, all that kind of thing, and uh, even an operation. And I'm never going to forget the look on Lyle's face of, of him, you know. Yes, going, there was... <laughs> I had to change the subject in my mind and go into another box and <laughs> look somewhere else after having uh, watched that. And it wasn't even that bad. It was just like... <laughs> things should not be inside... <clears throat> Unnatural things should not be inside human bodies. Put it that way. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> right. Our next human body should not quiz. be invaded by <laughs> things that are made out of metal or plastic. But hey, or, this is a good. I thing. don't know what else. Or else this, they were. This, this was woman got thing. an operation. She did. She did, and she didn't praise God for that. Yeah. Okay. So a next clue for our quiz. Who am I? This one, this one should give it away. So we know that this guy's one of the most famous people in the Bible. Mm-hmm. But here we go. I played the harp to relieve King Saul of an evil spirit. Who might that be? Oof. Once again, if you know the answer, one eight hundred three two four eight four three is the number to call, and you can call us here and get a great prize. Yes, you can. Okay, so. Um, heading over to Encounter with God, we have been talking about the subject of the 144,000. We're going to do a quick review before we get into the subject again today. So we noted that this subject is an answer. The 144,000 is an answer to a question that is asked when Jesus comes back, who will be able to stand? Mm-hmm. The context is that question. Not only is the context that question, but it is also the context of the seven last plagues. So Mm -hmm. the Bible then goes on to talk about the seven last plagues and the earth being hurt by those plagues and how that those plagues are held back until the 144,000 are sealed. So we know that this is very much an end time context. This is something that is taking place just before the return of Christ. Um, This particular group of people are sealed. And then we looked for exactly who they are. We are found. We found that they are a group of people standing on top of Mount Zion, standing on a sea of glass, standing in front of the throne, um, playing harps and singing an, a unique song. Mm-hmm. We found a description of those people in Revelation chapter 15 and verse 2, where the Bible says you have this group of people standing on Mount Zion, standing on the Sea of Glass, standing in front of the throne, playing a song. It's a unique song. They're playing with harps, and they're singing the song of Moses, the servant of God, and the Lamb. Mm-hmm. And the Bible describes them as those who, amongst other things, gained the victory over the mark of the beast. Mm-hmm. 
We noted that the mark of the beast has not yet been enforced and that this is something that takes place just before the return of Christ. And so, therefore, this is, the 144,000 are those who are alive just before Jesus comes back. We also noted in relationship to the 144,000 that the Bible says they come from all the tribes of Israel. And then it goes off on to list the tribes of Israel, 12,000 from this tribe, 12,000 from that tribe, except all the tribes are not there. Mm -hmm. We noted that uh, both literal Israel and spiritual Israel have 12 tribes, Mm -hmm. and that the list of 12 tribes given in Revelation chapter 7 is the list of the 12 tribes of spiritual Israel and not of literal Israel. So the 144,000 here are symbolic of Christians who are living uh, just before Jesus comes back at the end of time. Okay, so any questions so far, Lawson? No, I'm, 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 on, I'm on the ball. I know what's going on. All clear? Yeah. Very good. 100%. Quiz me, I dare you. Now what we need to do <laughs> is find out why are they singing the song of Moses, the servant of God, and the Lamb, and why is it that no one else can learn this song? Mm -hmm. So to understand that, we need to go to Exodus chapter 15, where you actually find the song of Moses. And we need to understand the events that take place in relationship to the song of Moses. Now, the song of Moses is actually the song of a woman. Yeah. And that woman is Miriam. All right, so I want you to think about this for a moment, Lawson. Mm -hmm. A woman in Bible prophecy... Symbolizes what? A church. Okay, so we have the song of a woman. Mm -hmm. That is the song of a church. Mm -hmm. Why? What? What is unique about this song? Well, let's 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 think about it uh, a little bit of uh, about the lead up to this particular song. When this song is sung, there are a number of things that have just happened. First of all, God's people were in a foreign land. Mm -hmm. It was not their home. Mm-hmm. They were serving a ruler who did not want to give them up. He would rather kill them than for them to have freedom, right? Yeah. Yep. Good. Dawson. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm on it. You're on I'm it? on the All ball. Right. Yeah. Making sure. Making sure. <laughs> All right. So, what does God do when the ruler does not want to give them up? He would rather kill them than release them. God then pours out plagues. Mm-hmm. And seven of those plagues were specifically on the Egyptians. Okay? Yes. Yes, good. All right, so then, then they escape, but after they escape, uh, they come to a point where they are boxed in, they are facing mm-hmm. complete and utter and total annihilation. They are boxed in by mountains on either side, the Red Sea in front of them, and the Egyptian army behind them. We're summarizing the story of Moses and the Exodus right here. And so God steps in and miraculously delivers them. They go through the water of the Red Sea. They come out on the other side. The Egyptians see what is happening. They try to follow them. God dumps the Red Sea on top of the Egyptians, and the entire Egyptian army drowns in the Red Sea. The enemies of God's people are entirely annihilated, and then they sing the song of Moses, the song of the woman, a song of a church, and Mm. they sing it there on the shores of the Red Sea. Now, that song was a song of experience, wasn't it? An experience that they had just gone through. Mm -hmm. Isn't that so? Yeah. Now, Exodus chapter 15, I could teach you that song. 
Um, my wife could teach her that song because she knows how to sing that song and I was trying to get her to come into the studio and sing the song for us, but she was like, yeah, no, nah, she's not going to teach her the song on Moses. Oh, come on, you won't. You won't do it. Come on. Come on, Shell. <laughs> You're scared. <laughs> You're scared. <laughs> what are the odds? <laughs> Just do it for the boys. <laughs> come and sing the song of Moses and the Lamb. Come on. No. She, <laughs> she's shaking her head. She's like, nah. <laughs> not happening. Anyway, um, <clears throat> maybe we'll get her to do it as part of an Insta story or something or other. Yep. So that you can all learn the song, of, <laughs> the song of Moses. All right. However, I want you to think about this for a moment. Yes. We can learn the song of Moses. Mm-hmm. Is it going to be the same for us as it was for them? No. Is it going to, even if we could know, which we can't, even if we could know the tune to that original song, mm. would it be the same as for us as it was for There's them? There's just not the significance here, there. Here, here is a group of people who have spent 400 years in captivity. Mm. Um, they have been slaves. Yeah. They have been treated as the worst of the worst. They have been treated as animals. They have seen God step in and pour out plagues in the most supernatural, powerful, and miraculous mm-hmm. manner imaginable. They have, you know, they've seen everything all the way through to the, the, the death of the firstborn in Egypt. They mm. have seen the power of God. Uh, and those plagues have not come near them, haven't touched them. They've remained untouched. They've, put the, they've, they've been covered by the blood of the Lamb as the, mm. uh, with the Passover, as the angel of death has passed over their homes. Mm-hmm. They've experienced the power of Christ's blood. They have been delivered from their enemies. Uh, as they're being delivered from their enemies, suddenly they find themselves in a, in a position where they're going to be annihilated. <clears throat> And then God steps in and in the most dramatic, miraculous, supernatural way imaginable delivers them and now they are truly free. There is no threat that is ever coming their way again. Mm. Could you ever sing the song in the same way that they did? Never. Because you've never been through that experience. This is a song of experience. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Uh, trying to clear my throat right now. <laughs> During the ad break. <laughs> Come on, Mark, get it together. <laughs> Not entirely clear, but yes. Okay, so let's think about mm-hmm. the 144,000 at the end of time. Those yep. who are alive when Jesus comes back are God's people in a foreign land. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes they this are. earth is not our home. Uh are they under a ruler who claims ownership of them and does not want to give them up? Yes. Would he rather see them dead than given up? Well, that's his plan. That's his plan. Does God pour out plagues at the end of time? Yes. On the followers of Satan? Mm. Absolutely. How many plagues? Seven plagues. Seven last plagues. Do God's people at the t- end of time face annihilation by the enemies of God? Mm-hmm. Yep. And does God then step in and miraculously deliver them? Yes. This by, this in time, the most right, he does not. Miraculous way. That's right. This time he does not uh, part the Red Sea. He actually returns to this earth yeah. with power and great glory. Are the enemies of God and God's people annihilated at this time? Yes. And then you find the 144,000 singing the song of Moses. Mm -hmm. It's a direct parallel of what happened to Moses and the Israelites, and that's why no one else can learn this song except for them, because they are the only ones who have ever experienced uh, going through these end-time events. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I want you to think about this for a moment. 
when you think about this, because there's an old hymn that um, specifically references this kind of concept when it talks about, you know, when we shall sing redemption story, angels fold their wings for angels never knew the joys that our salvation brings. Mm. Okay, so when you think about that, that's a deep thought, isn't it? Yeah. You know, and of course, 144,000 will sing a story of, of experience that, you know, no one else in the universe can ever, um, can ever, ever, you know, sing because they have never been through that experience, those end, those dramatic end time events. Mm-hmm. The whole of all of the saved, the saved of all ages, they will be able to sing uh, the story of redemption. Mm-hmm. The angels can't sing that. Yeah. Because they've never experienced the power of God's saving grace. Mm. Uh, it's a powerful thought when you think about it, you know? Yeah. It's <laughs> just like, wow. I think just it nearly gives you goosebumps just just thinking about that time and and especially for us living in the time period where we know we're we're in the closing chapters of earth's history and it could very well be us you know on that shore singing the song of the 144,000 having gone through that and it's just, okay so and, and that's my aim right your yeah, aim yeah yeah, yeah to definitely. be a part of the 144,000 yeah, 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 yeah. which raises another interesting point um, and that is that uh, the question that everybody asks me whenever yeah, I talk about the hundred forty-four thousand. Here we go. I was going to ask you this. All right, go, go, go okay. ahead. Okay, go okay, ahead. okay, go okay. ahead. Go ahead. What is, might that question be? Is the one hundred and forty-four thousand a literal or figurative number? <laughs> <laughs> it's like the hot topic. <laughs> I never, ever, ever speak on this subject without somebody asking me this question. And you know what this illustrates to me? What? It illustrates to me that as Christians, we are so easy and so prone to be sidetracked by the irrelevant. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to say this, whether they are a literal or a symbolic number is irrelevant. Oh, dropping bombs, dude. Absolutely. In fact, I have put this challenge out many, many, many times. Okay, 1-800-324-843 is the number because I know that there are some of you who are going to be very passionate and going to say, no, this is a literal number. And there are others of you who are going to be very passionate and say, no, this is a symbolic number. And both of you in the midst of all your passion are going to miss the whole point Mm -hmm. of what the 144,000 is all about. Yep, It's about their character, not their number. Mm -hmm. And it's about being one of them. Mm-hmm. It's not about how, how many they are. And if you can show me what difference it makes, whether it is a literal number or a symbolic number, then I'll give you my opinion as to which one of those uh, positions I take. I think the thing that fuels a lot of that concern is and that fear. worry and is fear. It's all fear-driven. But it's because of the connotation that some people put on the 144,000. It's fear. i tell you what it is. It is fear driven by Christians who don't experience the assurance of salvation. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, if there are people preaching that the only people who go to heaven are the 144,000... No, no, they're not the only people who go to heaven. There's a great multitude. We're about to read that in just a moment. Yeah. These are those who are alive when Jesus comes back. And, And once again, it sounds like a small number, doesn't it? Yeah. And so people who have a fear and who do not have the assurance of salvation, suddenly get all nervous. Like if there's only a small number like that, Mm -hmm. then maybe I'm not a part of that number. Mm. 
That's a fear-driven religion and a fear-driven response. And so they're like, wow, it has to be symbolic. Well, guess what? If it's symbolic, that does not solve your problem. Yeah. You know why? Because it it could be less, right? If it's a symbolic number, it could be less than 144,000. That doesn't help you in any way, shape, (laughs) or form. I mean, think about this. The last time that God closed probation on the whole world, Uh how many were saved? Eight. Eight. Eight people. Eight. In the story of Noah and the flood, eight people were saved. And it's interesting in in that context, like when you read in Patriarchs and Prophets, it's like, or just in the Bible, like they were the the eight people who listened to God. Like they were the eight people who did the right thing. (laughs) And some people say, oh, yeah, but that's okay because there was only 300 people living in the world back then. Uh, Well, guess what? They could have, but the population of the world back then could have easily been what it is right now. Yeah, easily. You know, because you could easily have a thousand children per couple. Hundred percent. Like you think about how long they lived back then, yeah. And, yeah. and you so know, we don't know. We're, the, we're, we're, we're speculating here, yeah. But we do know that last time God closed probation on the whole world, there was just eight. That's mm. all. And uh, so, so, so having a symbolic number doesn't solve your problem. Here's the issue. Or oh, no, no. Here's the solution. Okay, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to do you all a favor this morning and I'm going to um, give you the go. solution Here we to go. how you can find out definitively whether this is a literal number or a symbolic number. Mm-hmm. All right? Okay. Be there. Uh. Be one of them. <laughs> do a head count and then you will know. You will know. Once you've done that, then come and talk to me. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right. So if you can uh, tell me what difference it makes, whether it's literal or symbolic, then give me a call, 1-800-324-843. We will take your call and uh, we will discuss it right here on air. Happy thing, to do so. The thing that's interesting about the 144,000 is that you could only be nervous that there's 144,000 if your belief isn't that salvation's a choice. Like, if you believe that God is the one who ultimately determines your salvation, even though he provides the provision and the means for you to be saved, but he puts the ball in your court. He's like, you choose. Mm-hmm. It's your choice. And so, once you take that choice away, once you believe in a God that doesn't respect free will, then it's like, oh, is God going to choose me to be in the yes. 144,000? Mm-hmm. But it's like, no, it's your choice. That's right. Salvation is your choice. And this is the God we serve, the God who loves us and respects the choices that we make, you know, who gives and this us this is where once will. saved, always saved, strips away people's assurance. Mm-hmm. Because how do you have that assurance that God has chosen you? Yeah, actually, I spoke one time to a minister. He was on This guy was on the street, and he's, like, giving out tracts and stuff. I was, like, sick. I went up to talk to him. I'm like, hey, man, what's up? And, and then he's like, oh, what are you? And I'm like, I'm an Adventist. And then he just starts going in, like, telling me about once saved, always saved. Like, oh, you believe that you can lose your salvation and, and all that stuff. And I'm like, but... And I said to him, I was like, but you believe that I could think that I'm saved, but really not be saved. Isn't that scary? And he's like, like, oh, yeah, but, you know, I know that I'm (laughs) saved. I'm like, how? How do you know? How do you know? And it was just, it was one of those awkward, cringy conversations that that sort of fizzled out on a, on an agree to disagree kind of basis. But it was, it was, yeah, it was, it was, it was interesting. It's interesting when you really, when you really poke at that soft spot at that question of like, how do you really know? Yeah, that's right. And it's like, 
because it's no longer your choice. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. only you can. Whereas you and I can know because we made the choice. Because we made a choice, and you know, you've 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 got once again that that the concept, you know, blessed assurance. Jesus is mine. Mm-hmm. You know. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Yeah, wow. Really, that's where assurance comes in. Now, in our next section of our Bible study, we're going to go into that concept in more depth. But before we do, we have the herald singing, Holy, Holy, Holy is what the angels sing, which is what we were just talking about a moment ago with, uh, you know, the story that we can tell that the angels can't. Holy, Redemption story 
That was the King's Herald there with um, Holy, Holy, Holy is what the angels sing, the song that we were uh, just talking about during our last segment. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we need to raise a, while we're talking about the concept of assurance, we need to raise another issue that is central mm-hmm. to the last group of people who will live here on this earth at the end of time. Mm-hmm. One that generates a tremendous amount of discussion and a lot of freak out. Yeah, okay. Okay, so let's go to Revelation chapter 15. And we will pick up the story here of this uh, this last group of people once again, uh, Revelation chapter 15, and we will look at what happens in heaven just before Jesus comes back to this earth. In fact, just before the plagues fall out, uh, 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 fall down, uh, come down, uh, thrown down, uh, <laughs> land on this earth. Yeah, whatever happens All of to those the things, poured, poured <laughs> out on the earth. All right, here we go. Okay, so why don't you read for us Revelation 15 and verse 6, please? Okay, the Bible says, Revelation 13 and verse 6. 15 and verse 6. 15 and verse 6. The seven angels who were holding the seven plagues came out of the temple. They were clothed in a spotless white linen with gold sashes across their chests. Okay, let's stop there and think for a moment. The context here is in what part of heaven? They came out of uh, of the temple. Okay, so the context here is the temple in heaven. What is it that takes place in the temple in heaven? What's the primary thing that happens in the temple in heaven? Um, the, the judgment? Uh, yes, although the judgment only takes place for a specific period okay. of time just before Jesus well, the comes inter- back. The intercession. Intercession, yep. that's right. Absolutely. And the Bible says that we as human beings are, come, are to come boldly to the throne of grace so that we might find help in our time of need, mm-hmm. isn't that so? Yeah. Okay, so you find that in Hebrews chapter 4, end of the chapter... It's verse 16, I Verse think. 16, there you yeah. go. Lawson is on the ball. It's like one of the best. It's one of the best, you know, for we for we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was tempted in all ways, yet without sin. Like, what a what a banger. Like, yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. Okay, so here's where the, <laughs> so the, the Bible tells us about the 144,000. Then it tells about, then it leads us on. This is the context that we have. The next thing that comes up is the temple in heaven. So now the focus is on the temple in heaven, mm-hmm. right? Let's continue reading. Um, Why don't you read for us verse 8, please? Yeah, sure. The Bible says, The temple was filled with smoke from God's glory and power. No one could enter the temple until the seven angels had completed pouring out the seven plagues. Okay, and in my translation, it says a little bit more specifically that no human being Mm -hmm. can enter that temple. What's the implication there? The implication is that... um, no human being because they're still on earth, right? Mm-hmm. They're still on earth. They can't enter the temple because the second coming hasn't happened yet. They're just Yeah, there's a little bit more to it than that. Mm-hmm. Because it's the temple in heaven where we go to for intercession, right? Yes. And if no human being can go there, it means we, we can't go there for intercession. <laughs> okay. Right? Yeah. This is where the freak out comes in. Mm-hmm. Uh, see, here's Lawson's brain starting to melt. Lawson's starting to freak out right now. I've, I've heard this before, but I'm just like, Yep. Yep. Okay. <laughs> if, if, if no man, if no man can enter in there, let me ask you this question. Yep. Is Jesus still a man? Um. Yeah. Jesus is still a Jesus man. Jesus remains. A, Jesus took humanity upon uh-huh. himself for eternity. He's God, mm-hmm. but he's still a man. So he took humanity on himself for eternity, and here we find the temple is filled with smoke. Mm-hmm. It's filled with smoke. No one can go in there. Intercession has. Ended. 
So that's Ooh, where. Okay, yes. The, do you see now where the freak out comes yes, in? Yes, because the plagues are being poured out while people are still and on earth. And there's no intercession. And there's no intercession. And, and, and people are like, well, how am I going to survive? And here's what happens. You'll have people who will read this and they will conclude that, okay, if there's no intercession in heaven, if Jesus has left the temple in heaven, and obviously Jesus has to do that if he's going to come back to this earth, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can't be in two places at one time if you're a human being. So he has left the temple in heaven and he is on his way back to this earth and plagues are being poured out. And if Jesus is not in the temple in heaven, many people then conclude, oh, no, I'm going to have to stand in my own strength during this time period. Mm-hmm. Ever tried that? Standing in your own strength? Yeah, only not on your own okay, okay. understanding. We've all, we've, all, we've all tried this on occasion, right? Yeah. How long did you last? Not very long. Yeah, no, you're not like... going to last. And so people look at themselves and they go, okay, I can't last 30 seconds without Jesus. Yeah. And if Jesus has left the temple in heaven and he's on his way back to this earth, then um, what am I going to do? Mm. You know, this is uh, how will I, you know, I won't even last 30 seconds. And so therefore, I'm going to be lost simply because I happen to be alive at the wrong time in Earth's history. Yeah. Because nobody else has ever had to stand without Jesus interceding in heaven. Mm-hmm. All right. So, once again, this comes to the context, the concept of assurance. Mm-hmm. Because if you have assurance of salvation, do you have any reason to freak out? Nope. So people who attack this doctrine are people who are driven by fear. Somewhere deep inside them, they don't truly have assurance. Mm. That's the simple reality. And we need to look at what the Bible actually says here. So let's go over to, let me see if I can find this verse here. It's in Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 5. Let's go Hebrews chapter Hebrews 13, 13 and verse 5. And I'm going to read this one. 5. Yep. Because this is, this is I'm going to read the last sentence of this uh, particular verse, and it is black and white. It is unequivocal. Mm-hmm. All right? Notice what it says. Hebrews 13 verse 5, and this is Jesus speaking. I, Jesus, says, will never, underline the word never, he will what? Never. Never leave you nor forsake you. Mm -hmm. Is the Bible clear? Yes. Do we need to worry about anything else? No. No, because the simple fact is it doesn't matter where Jesus is. It doesn't matter what Jesus is doing. All that matters is that Jesus is with you. Mm -hmm. Will Jesus ever desert you? No. No, absolutely not. So I don't care whether he's interceding in the sanctuary in heaven or whether he's on his way back to this earth or somewhere in between so long as Jesus is with me because I know this, while ever Jesus is with me, I have nothing to fear. Mm -hmm. Because I look at Jesus and I find he has never been defeated. He has never been destroyed. There, you know, there has never ever been a time where Jesus has, you know, where the devil has been too strong for Jesus. So, mm-hmm. so why would I be worried? Why would I be concerned? Yeah, you know. And so this is once again, this, this comes back to um, 
an inbuilt human fear that people have that somehow or other um, they, they don't have assurance and because they don't have assurance then uh, it's like, oh, well, I, 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 if Jesus has stopped interceding, I, 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 I can't survive that. And so then they have to come up with all kinds of you know, alternative theories as to what happens during this time period. I don't need any alternative, alternative theories. All mm-hmm. I need is one verse. So yeah. it says, Jesus will never leave me. He will never forsake me. That's mm-hmm. the end of the story. I will never have to stand alone. Mm-hmm. I will always stand with Jesus. He will always be on my side. Yeah. He will always be there to support me. Doesn't matter whereabouts in the universe he is, he is with me. Mm-hmm. End of story. Don't need anything else. <laughs> yeah. Man. Powerful. Oh, it's so, it's so, so good. I love what, how my translation, it says, it'll never fail you nor abandon you. Yes. And, and it looks at another side like, we'll, we will never be left. We'll never be abandoned. We'll never be, we'll never fail. Yes. Because, because of Jesus. Powerful it's stuff. Blessed this- assurance, Jesus is mine. This is Matt Minicus with Clint McCoy. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine Heir of salvation, purchase of God Born of His Spirit, washed in His blood This is my story, this is my song Praising my Savior all the day long This is my story, this is my song Praising my Savior all the day long Perfect submission, perfect delight Visions of rapture now burst on my sight The angels descending bring from above Echoes of mercy, whispers of love This is my story, this is my song Praising my Savior all the day long This is my story, this is my song Praising my Savior all the day long Perfect submission, all is at rest I and my Savior am happy and blessed Watching and waiting, looking above Filled with His goodness, lost in His love This is my story, this is my song Praising my Savior all the day long This is my story, 
This is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. Praising my Savior all the day long. to Faith FM, positively different radio. Hi, I'm Delaine. Hi, I'm Sunny. Hi, I'm Dragon. Hi, I'm Nigel. And we'd like to invite you to our church, the, the Southern Illawarra Seventh-day Adventist Church. church. We meet every Saturday morning at 10.30 a.m. to study the Bible, followed by our main service at 11.30 a.m. You can find us at 107 to 109 Princess Highway, Dapto. We are in the High Ninja Hall inside the Dapto Ribbonwood Centre. For more information, you can get in touch with us on Facebook. Just search for Southern Illawarra Seventh-day Adventist Church. Or contact us on 0402-716-762. We hope to see you soon. And stay tuned to Face FM.
Welcome back to Faith FM. That was Anna Beden with It's Not You, It's Him. What? That's from a brand new album, and that was amazing. Awesome new material from Anna Beden. I'm sure we're going to be playing more and more of it on Faith FM. Yes, but you, may, you may have heard that one before, but the one that is coming up immediately after Question of the Day, you will have never heard before because this one has not gone out in any format. So you hear it first right here on Faith FM. So Stones of Eden, Let Your Love Surround Me is coming up for the first time ever. Uh, available to the public and on air here at Faith FM. Album has not yet even been released to the general public. Okay, quickly, before we get into our question of the day, I'm just going to give us the last clue for the quiz. Okay. This is a Who Am I quiz, and our last clue is, and if you don't get it now, you'll never get it. I'm sorry, but here we go. Have your phones ready? 1-800-324-843. The last clue is, after I killed Goliath... I cut off his head using his sword. So if you know who that is, give us a call, 1-800-324-843. Get a prize. Yes, this guy was a slinger. This guy was a slinger, apparently. And uh, he's, he's pretty great. So, he Lyle. slung at somebody else. Question of the day. Yes. Did Jesus give up his divinity forever, or did he get it back when he ascended? Okay, so there are a whole bunch of different verses that I could look at here, and the answer is that Jesus gave up his his his, his became a human forever. Mm. Mm-hmm. Jesus never gave up his divinity at any point in time, mm-hmm. but he did not use his divinity while he was here on this earth. Yes. Okay, so Jesus never gave up his divinity. He just did not use it while he was here on this earth. He became a human while he was here on this earth. He did not use his own divine power. He relied on the divine power of the Father so that he could set an example for us. So he used the same source of power that is available to you and I. The Bible says in Philippians chapter 2, beginning in verse 5, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. 
who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And so here you've got this sequence taking place. The Bible begins by talking about, you know, have the same mind as Jesus, who in the form of God, it was not robbery for him to be equal with God. In other words, he is God. It's talking about the divinity of Christ. Then the Bible uses the word but. That is a contrast word. So but, in contrast to the fact that he is God, he makes himself of no reputation. It is his personal choice not to use his divine mm-hmm. power in becoming a human. Uh, where are we here? Verse 8, being found in fashion as a man, says, become a human, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. And that's important because divinity cannot die. So here we've got Jesus as God. He He comes down and he becomes a human. Verse 9, wherefore, or because of this, God the Father speaking now, has also highly exalted him and given him, that's Jesus, a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven, of things in earth, and of things under the earth. So notice here that you've got this sequence. Jesus begins. He is equal with God. He becomes a human being like us. He's obedient to death. He is highly exalted, and he is now the ruler over absolutely everything that there is in the universe. And so Jesus has taken back to himself that divine power that has always been his, it never left him, but now he is exercising it himself as he was before he came to this earth. Okay, so if we go over to Revelation chapter 19, there are so many verses on this one. I'm just sort of, which ones do we read? Which ones do we not read? Down in uh, verse, uh, let's go down to verse 16. The Bible says, that Jesus, when he returns to this earth, has on his clothing and on his thigh a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. That's a title of divinity right there. That's a title that the Bible speaks about being given to Jesus as a result of his death here on this earth. He is now the one who has taken his divine power back He is now exercising that divine power and will do so for the rest of eternity, the Bible says. Don't forget, if you have a question, send it in, 1-800-324-843, and enjoy this song, first time ever heard on air.
Stones of Eden with Let Your Love Surround Me here for the first time ever on Faith FM or on any other format for that matter. So you are specially privileged this morning to hear one of their latest and newest and greatest songs. And we have come to that part of the day where we get to give something away for free. So don't forget to get ready to call because it will go to the first caller through. Our number is 1-800-324-843, otherwise known as 1-800-FAITH-FM. Or you can text us through on text us through on zero four nine one zero six four six six nine or contact us via any of our social media if you are feeling lucky. But if I were you, I would jump on the phone because that, of course, is the quickest way to get through and to be able to secure the daily giveaway for yourself. And of course, our giveaway for today is none other than the DVD "Tortured for Christ." Um, such a fantastic movie that we've got right here, the story of Richard Wormbrandt. We have been given a number of these to give away um, uh, by Voice of the Martyrs. And I must say that it is a sensational movie. It is something that everybody needs to watch. And this is a great ministry that everybody should have a look at and consider uh, supporting because they are supporting persecuted Christians the world over. And persecution of Christianity is not something that we are immune to here in Australia. We think that we are safe and sound, but the reality is it could come our way at any time. 
Lawson, you're sitting there looking guilty. I don't know what you mean. (laughs) Lawson is very guilty right now. I am because I was supposed to get the prize out of the box, but I forgot to do it. So I had to do it while we're on air. (laughs) But it's okay because we have a prize still. So if you want this prize, give us a call. 1-800-324-843 and it's completely free and we love you. So give us a call. Okay, and don't forget, if you want to know more about the Bible, you can call us here and we can make that happen for you. But stay tuned for the rest of the show. It doesn't seem quite right to say goodbye, my friend. But there's a work to be done to tell the world that he is love. If I don't see you here again My brother, I'll see you when we get there God's great mercy be forever with you Courage, courage until we get there We are here for just a little while Beautiful gifts you are Dear to my heart Reminding me of his caring love Fellow pilgrim will still be Taking the same way home Even though oceans apart Still be fighting the same fight together If I don't see you here again My sister See you when we get there God's great mercy be forever with you Courage, courage until we get there We are here for just a little while For the blessed hope we have has to be known by all our family So our Take us home I'll be praying for you That he will hold and keep you through Till he comes and he is coming soon Brother, sister I'll see you when we get there God's great mercy be forever with you Until 